0: Welcome to Science is Fun-E. I am Private, a.k.a. Avery, and I will be your host. I am also 9 years old and currently in 4th grade. Joining us today will be Skipper, a.k.a. Craig. Hey, where is that guy?
1: Sorry, I'm late, Private. Did I miss anything? We just started. Skip, I
0: saw the weirdest thing last night. It was a light moving across the sky. It was a little brighter than a star, and then it just disappeared. Was it a UFO?
1: Well, could you identify it? No. So, yes, to you it was an unidentified flying object or UFO.
0: Cool. So do you think aliens were watching me?
1: Whoa, slow down, Private. Just because you didn't identify it doesn't mean it couldn't be identified. What do you mean? Well, were there any flashing red lights near it?
0: No. Why?
1: Well, all airplanes have to have flashing lights attached to their wings and tails so other planes can see them. So if you saw red flashing lights, then it probably was a plane.
0: I didn't hear any engines.
1: Well, large passenger planes fly very high, five to six miles up. The lights would be very, very small, and because they're so far away, you may not have heard the engine sound to indicate it was a plane.
0: So how do you explain it just disappearing, then?
1: Well, from what you described... I think what you probably saw was a satellite. There are many in the night sky, and they look very much like a moving star. Sometimes they spin and look like they're blinking. Uh, Satellites that move north to south across the sky could be mapping or spy satellites.
0: Spy satellites? From Russia or maybe China? Cool or not?
1: Well, they may be from the United States, too. And because we on the ground can't tell where they're from, and we want to be polite. Always look up, wave, and smile, just to be nice.
0: Skipper, you're weird.
1: Remember, Private, friends don't attack friends. Only enemies attack. So if you want to be safe, do your best to make lots of friends. Some people and some countries forget that and make lots of enemies.
0: That makes sense. Kind of strange coming from you, though. Hey,
1: I make a lot of sense sometimes.
0: Okay, so you think I saw a satellite? Why did it disappear then?
1: Well, most satellites don't make their own light. You see them because of light they reflect from the sun, which would be somewhere on the other side of the Earth. And when the satellite enters the shadow that it casts, they just disappear.
0: I really wanted it to be an alien spaceship.
1: Me too, Hmm. Private. Me too.
0: You do? But you're a scientist. Don't you always prove things aren't true? And go and spoil everything all the time? I mean, seriously?
1: (laughs) Old Private, you got scientists all wrong. Most would give anything to see a real alien spacecraft.
0: Then why did you just try to prove that what I saw was a satellite? You could have just tried to prove that what alien spaceship if you think they're so cool.
1: Well, I didn't try to prove it was a satellite. I just gave you an alternate explanation for what you saw. That explanation was based on my prior knowledge and is called a hypothesis. There are possible explanations that fit the facts. See, I know some things about satellites and how they behave, and my explanation fits what you saw. Keep in mind, you may have actually seen an alien spaceship, but more than likely, you saw a satellite.
0: Wait a minute. You're saying... That it might have actually been aliens?
1: Sure, but Occam's Razor.
0: Oscar the Grouch's Razor? Skip, that's really crazy. And I'm way too old for Sesame Street stuff, too. Also, that doesn't have anything to do with it.
1: No, Occam's Razor. Why don't you look him up and see why I said that? Okay. What did you find out about... Oscar the Grouch's Razor.
0: Very funny, skiff. Occam's Razor, which was named after William of Ockham. He was an English friar, which is kind of like a monk. He lived about 800 years ago, and he said that there could be lots and lots of possible explanations. Like, it could have been a big spark from a giant bonfire that blew slowly across the sky, and then it went out. Or it could have been a firefly that flew very close across where I was looking, and then it blinked out. And we could go on and on and on and on forever, making crazier and crazier explanations, but the chances they would be right get smaller and smaller the crazier that they get. So, Ockham said, usually the simplest explanation that fits the facts is the correct one. That's not always true, but it's a good place to start. Darn, I was really hoping I saw aliens.
1: Darn, me too, Private. I have to correct something you said a little earlier about scientists always trying to prove something is wrong. Scientists in science actually always try to prove an explanation is correct. Correct? Yep. Mm? It's called the scientific method. It starts when a scientist he or she may have an explanation for a problem. It's their hypothesis you remember a possible explanation, then they go about trying to prove their explanation is the correct one. They do research to see if someone already has solved the problem before them.
0: Yeah, and if somebody already solved it, no sense solving it again unless there's many possible ways to do so.
1: Yeah, that's right. And if no one ever did solve it, or maybe the scientist thinks they could do a better job with a better explanation, then they devise an experiment to gather evidence or data. Once they get enough data, they look at it very closely. It's called analysis to get the results and see where the evidence points them. Remember, evidence points you toward the correct answer. In science, there are very few absolute answers. Sometimes you just get more questions. But once they finish looking at the evidence, they come up with a conclusion. Conclusions are kind of like their answer to the problem. But it doesn't stop there. They publish everything they did in a magazine called the Scientific Journal and ask other scientists to check their conclusions to see if they're right based on the data they found. So you see, scientists are always trying to prove something is correct, not something is wrong.
0: But what if the evidence doesn't point toward their explanation?
1: Then they haven't proved their hypothesis and they can't say it's the right answer. They still publish it, though.
0: Wait, why? Wouldn't they be embarrassed that they're wrong? Won't the other scientists make fun of them and think they're dumb?
1: (laughs) Nope, it's not fourth grade, Private. Other scientists who may be trying to solve the same problem are actually very grateful to them.
0: Grateful? Why? Things aren't correct, then why would people be grateful?
1: So they won't waste their time and money doing the same thing the first scientist did, only to get the same results. They're grateful because now they know the answer lies somewhere else and they can spend their money and time trying other methods and approaches to solve the problem.
0: I see. Cool. Yay, science!
1: You got that right, Private.
0: Hey, Skip, what's gravity?
1: Oh, here we go again. Do you want the real answer or the simplified, stupefied one that adults tell kids and then Forget to tell them the real answer when they grow up.
0: You know I always want the real answer.
1: Okay, you asked for it. Gravity is one of the four fundamental forces in the universe, and it's produced by stuff.
0: Stuff? Sounds like you stupefied it a little.
1: <laughs> nope, I didn't. It's stuff.
0: Skipper, I think I need a little more than just stuff. You sound like you're reading a Dogman novel.
1: <laughs> okay, then it's a lot of stuff. A real lot of stuff.
0: Come on, Skip. I want to know.
1: Okay, but I'm actually right. You see, stuff, anything that has weight, and we'll talk about more what weight is a little later, and it takes up space. Hold on a minute. I'll be right back. See, I put two balls on the table. Describe them for our guests, please
0: same size, but one's heavy and the other is kind of light.
1: Based on what you know, which one do you suppose has more stuff in it? The heavy one or the light one? The heavy one. Okay, why do you think that one is heavier than the other?
0: Well, we're talking about stuff, so we're guessing that it has more... Duff in it, even though it's the same size as the other one.
1: Private, you just came up with your hypothesis. You based your answer on something you already knew, so it wasn't really a guess. It was not like you oh. said it was because some aliens use a special weight ray on it. You see, the stuff we are talking about is called mass.
0: Mass, like churches hold Mass.
1: Nope. A different kind of mass. Mass gives weight to objects that are close to other objects. Now, granted, one of those objects has to have a really large amount of mass to measure it, but because we're both on the Earth, we are both on the Earth, aren't we?
0: Well, I am not so sure about you.
1: Very funny. You sound like Chuma. Sometimes she says the same thing. I don't understand why.
0: Moving on. Okay, so we are both on the Earth, so what?
1: Well, the Earth has a lot of mass in it. And that mass is warping space-time and producing gravity.
0: Space and time are being warped by the Earth? What are you talking about? This sounds like some kind of science fiction book about time travel and stuff.
1: Stay with me, Private. But yes, it does sound a little like science fiction. You see, all mass warps space and time. The amount that they get warped depends on the amount of mass in the object. Objects very large, like the Earth, Sun, and planets, bend space and time in on themselves. When you let go of those balls, they will fall through the warped space-time until some other mass stops them, like the floor or tabletop.
0: Well, if they both go through the same space-time, how come the heavier ball falls faster than the light?
1: Very, very good, Private. I said they will fall the same speed unless another mass stops them. I should have said, or slows them down. You see, air is also made of stuff, and so it also has mass. When you let go of this piece of paper, it will fall slowly to the floor. And the reason is because there's a lot of air under the paper. And all that air has to get out of the way for the paper to get to the floor. That takes more time. Parachutes work the same way. The ball doesn't have a lot of air under it, so it doesn't take the air as long to get out of the way, so the ball falls faster.
0: Wait, let me get this straight. If there wasn't any air under the paper and the ball, then they would both fall the same. Right. I think something is wrong with that. The two balls are the same size, but when I dropped them, the heavy ones still fell a little faster.
1: You're right. They are the same size. But the heavier one is smooth, and the lighter one has tiny holes and bumps all over the surface. And that means it has more surface area. The more surface area, the slower the objects go through the air. And the heavy one is smooth, and it glides through the air faster.
0: Does that work for everything that moves through the air? Yep. So, your dirty car will go slower than if it was clean?
1: Are you trying to say I need to wash my car? Yes, you're right. Planes fly faster if they're clean. Boats will go faster if their bottoms are clean. So remember, Private, keep your bottom clean.
0: (sighs) That is not funny, Skip.
1: It's a little funny.
0: Okay. But what about time? You said that space and time are warped or bent by mass. Does that mean that time goes slower the closer you get to mass?
1: Afraid so, Private. I told you this wouldn't be easy. You see, because we're all on the surface of the Earth, we all share the same time. But the further away we get from the Earth, both our weight and our time changes. If we get very far from the Earth, our weight goes down to just about nothing, and we are weightless. We still have our mass, though. We're just not close enough to any other mass to have weight. Our time will also go by faster than those people left behind on the Earth are closer to its mass and therefore have a shorter time than us.
0: Wow, that is so weird. You're saying that if I could stay close to a really big mass and then come back to Earth, my little sister will be older than me?
1: Yep, strange but true. It also works if you're going the speed of light, but that's another episode for another time.
0: Science is so cool. Yay science!
1: You got that right, Private.
0: Now it is time for the question of the week. Last week, you said muscles can only do one thing. I've been thinking, and I still think they can do a lot of things.
1: You're right, Private. All muscles in our body are capable of doing incredible things, but they can only accomplish those things by being able to just get smaller.
0: That's it? They can only get smaller? How does that work?
1: Well, hold your arm out and bend it at the elbow. Okay, so? Well, in order to bend your arm, a muscle called the biceps that is on top of the bone of your upper arm and attached to your shoulder had to get smaller. And that pulled your lower arm toward the upper arm at the elbow. To straighten your arm back out, you'll have to make the muscles called the triceps under your arm get smaller, and that muscle will pull the bone straight again. All the motion of arms, legs, head, neck, toes, fingers, etc. All have two sets of muscles working. One to cause a motion in one direction. The other to bring it back in the opposite direction.
0: Cool. So what's this week's question of the week?
1: All right. You ready? Here it is. When is down up?
0: Skip, you only know I'm nine, right? Give me a hint.
1: Okay. Here's my hint. It's a place on the earth. And because I gave you a hint, the question has another part. A bird walks up to that place. What color is the bird?
0: Great. Big help. Thanks a lot.
1: You know I love you, Private.
0: Now we have a joke of the day when I tell a joke at the end of every podcast. Okay, here's this week's joke. When does Friday come before Thursday?
1: Wait a minute. Friday never comes before Thursday. What are you talking about?
0: In the dictionary. Duh. <laughs> oh,
1: very funny, very funny.
0: Shout out to the Alien Adventures of Finn and Caspian. Your awesome podcast inspired me to make this one. Thank you. Well, that's our podcast for this week. Come back next week for another fun episode of Science is fun E. And, oh, and don't forget to visit our website at www.sciencesfune.com or contact us with your answer to the question of the week at question at sciencesfune.com or to suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at sciencesfune.com or to email me at private at sciencesfunne.com or skipper at skipper at sciencesfune.com. I'm private aka Avery, hoping you have a great week. TTFN!